0: welcome to the living room podcast the living room is the college ministry at buckhead church in atlanta georgia for more information you can check out the living room atl on instagram thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this talk Woo, come on tlr family how are we feeling tonight Everybody doing all right? Man, so good, so good. Thank you, crew, for leading us so strong. Hey, um, welcome to fall kickoff here at The Living Room. I am so excited. Doesn't it just feel good to, to be back in the room? Like, is anyone grateful to be back in the room together tonight? Um, yeah, yeah, same, same, and and hey to everybody tuning in with us online, by the way, as well. But man, it's been a minute. Like it's been almost eighteen months to the to the date. Like March 9th, twenty twenty, was the last time that our entire community here at the living room got the opportunity to gather together here at Buckhead. And so it's been almost eighteen months in the making since we got to be back together. And man, it feels so good to be back. And uh, thank you for being here. But hey, if we've never met before, my name is Matt, and I get to lead the team here at the living room, and. Uh, uh, let me introduce you to my family really quick. They're not gonna like come out on stage, but I do have a picture. Um, this is my fan, this is my crew. So this is my wife, Ann. We've been married for a little over eight years. This is our daughter, Willow. Uh, Willow, will be. Like, we got some Willow fans in the room. What's up? Um, Yeah, yeah, we love you, too, by the way, Ann. You're great, too. You just don't have as many fans as Willow, it's cool. Um, No, it's too late to clap now, don't don't clap now. But this is Willow, she'll be three in like a month. Um, She's been counting down to her third birthday for, um, really, since her second birthday, it's been awesome. Uh, I've listened to the Happy Birthday song way too many times, but it's great. And then this is uh, Naomi, or AKA Nomi, as Willow calls her, so I think Nomi is sticking, that's Nomi right there. Nomi will be three months old in just a few days, so uh, we're in it, y'all, but she's doing great. Yeah, Nomi, we got some rising Nomi me fans, I feel it. Uh, but hey, this is my fam, I'm a girl dad, and listen, I absolutely love it. Like, I didn't know how I'd feel about it at first, but I love being a girl dad. It's the most fun in the world, so that's my, my crew. But hey, I'm curious to know, I wanna interact with you a little bit here. Uh, like, for those of you who are coming back to campus, coming back to Atlanta, like, so you're not a first year, you're second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever you might be, no judgment, uh, but how does it feel being back on campus? Does it feel? It feels great. That's good, feels pretty good. Okay, some of you are like, oh, I don't know. Do you guys like online classes? Like, was that a? No, okay, wow, uh, you, you didn't, yeah, that's right. Um, for those of you who are here for, like this is your first year, or maybe you're a transfer student, um, I, I wanna know, and this might seem random, but like, how's the food so far? Is it, is it okay? What? It is what it is. You don't like it. You love it. Okay, so here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned, sir. Um, is that, what's your name? Maurice, Maurice, here's what I've learned, and I don't know, maybe it's gonna be different for you, I hope it is, Maurice, what school do you go to? Go to you go to Morehouse, what's up, come on. Um, Tyreek goes to Morehouse, or went to Morehouse. Uh, but here's what I've learned is that usually when you talk to a first year student in the first week or two of school and you ask them how the food is, they say something like that, like, man, it's amazing. When I talk to you, like, come November, Maurice, you're gonna be staying in the seat every single week, I'm kidding, you can switch around, but when I talk to you in November, Maurice, I'm gonna come back to you and be like, how's the food? And my, my thought is that you're gonna be like, It's okay, bro, I don't really know. You know, I'm kinda, it's it's getting old. How are the roommates doing? Roommate situation, good? Okay, wow, that's favorable. Um, If your roommate situation's not so good and like they're sitting next to you, um, just opt out of that question, it's cool. Um, Has anyone skipped a class yet? Anybody skip class? Okay, that's like a lot of people that have skipped class. We're like two days in, y'all, that's not good. Has anyone like not been to class yet? You're like, bro, I actually haven't gone yet. Um, okay, that's good, I feel better about that. Um, last question here, has anyone yet changed your major? Okay, and like the first, okay, first few days or a couple weeks, you're just like, this isn't it for me. Maybe you're trying to figure out what your major's still gonna be. You got time, don't stress about it. Um, but do we have any, speaking of majors, do we have any psychology majors in the room? Okay, lots of psych majors, that's amazing. Uh, I was not a psychology major, but I did take, I think a course or two of psychology throughout my college experience, and I loved it. And there was this thing that I learned about in psychology, and maybe you've learned about it before if you're a psych major, I'm certain you have, and it's uh, this theory that was developed by this guy, this psychologist named Abraham Maslow, and it's called the Hierarchy of Needs. Anybody ever heard of it, Maslow's Hierarchy? Of needs, okay, a few of you. Yeah, and so basically what, what the theory suggests is uh, the way it looks is kinda of something like this. Like it's kinda of broken up into like a pyramid structure. So saying like this is the top need, you know, this is the need, self-actualization that you might be striving for like your entire life. It's kinda of the desire to become all that you can be, the desire to like find your true purpose in life. And then he says like below that is self-esteem. This is like respect for yourself, freedom from other people's opinions. And then right below that, right in the middle is love belonging and connection. This is like friendship and intimacy and family and just be having a sense of like you belong and you're connected with other people. And then below that uh, is safety. And so this is you know, your personal security, making sure your health is good, that you're in a safe living environment. And then at the very bottom, at the bottom of this kind of pyramid, um, our most basic need is physiological, which is just literally like surviving, air, water, food, shelter, clothing, that type of thing. So basically what this theory, what Maslow's theory of hierarchy of needs would suggest is that we all kind of have these five basic needs and that our brain in every environment we walk into is constantly scanning, trying to get these needs met. And so your brain's primary job is to keep you alive. It's why physiological and safety, are at the bottom. Like These are the first two needs that every environment you walk into without even maybe knowing it, your brain starts constantly scanning for these needs to make sure, am I safe? Can I survive here, right? It's why like, if you're walking through the woods and you run into a grizzly bear, okay, your, your brain's first response is not gonna be like, oh man, I wonder if, you're, if this bear's like okay, like are you good? Do you need anything? Can I get you something to drink? Are you sure, are you cold? No, 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 that's not what's gonna happen, right? Like immediately you're gonna run. Your brain is gonna be like run, this is dangerous. Immediately something is dinging and you're gonna go into fight or flight mode because your brain's first and foremost priority is to keep you alive. That's why physiological and safety are at the bottom. That's your brain's first priority. But after your brain scans the environment and figures out that you're good, you're safe, like you can survive in whatever environment you find yourself in, then your brain stops scanning for those things and now your brain moves from just trying to keep you alive to trying to help you thrive. And this is why the next level up right here is love and belonging, right here in the center. And listen, I'm not a psychologist, obviously, but I would buy this. Because in my life, really throughout my entire life, I've seen this to be true. That in every season of life, I am searching for a place to belong. I'm searching for my people. I'm searching for others that I can connect with, right? That I can build relationships with. I want you to think back to to the middle school version of yourself, if you can, if you can. I know that's like a few years ago. For for some of you, it was many years ago. For me, it was quite a few years ago. Here's a a picture of middle school Matt right here. Yeah, like I'm, that's right, I'm killing the game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was killing it. And yeah, uh, yearbooks used to be black and white. Okay, Um, I'm dating myself a little bit, but like, I, 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 I'm kind of grateful that this picture's a little bit blurry because I'm not sure what's going on with my hair. Honestly, I got like this like part going on. I don't really know what happened. I had gel in my hair in this picture. Like, it was crazy stuff. But this was me in eighth grade, okay, and in eighth grade middle school math was so desperately trying to fit in, trying to belong, trying to find who my people were, who I could connect with. But then as I moved on from middle school into high school, I can vividly remember one of my greatest fears in high school, and some of you are gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. One of my greatest fears in high school was the fear of not being alone and not having, uh, the fear of not having any plans on a Friday or Saturday night, right? Like, I remember literally all throughout the week just trying to focus on and figure out what am I gonna do on Friday night? What am I gonna do on Saturday night? Because one of my greatest fears in high school was I don't wanna be that guy that's just home alone with my family on a Friday and Saturday night with nothing to do. Because then when I go into school on Monday, people will be like, how was your weekend? I'm either gonna have to lie and make something up, or I'm gonna be like, I just sat at home, what'd you do? And this was before social media was even a thing, y'all. Like for. Some of you who just got out of high school were just in high school a couple of years ago. I can't imagine how much more difficult it would have been. Now I need to tell you something that you probably don't wanna hear, but it's true and you need to know this, is that that fear, or I'm sorry, rather, that desire for belonging, for connection, for intimacy with other people, that doesn't just go away as you get older. No, 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 the desire to belong, to be connected relationally, that's innately woven in you, like deep inside of you. And as you get older, that desire doesn't just go away, it just begins to look different. And the main difference being is we just figure out ways to hide it and to cover it up a little bit better. As we get older, we figure out strategies to kind of just make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. And it's why for some of you, one of the scariest things of graduating and stepping into your freshman year of college is you start to think, now what do I have? Like even if you were so done with high school and you were ready to get away, you were ready to get out of your hometown, you were so pumped to come to Atlanta, I would guess that there's some of you that already just a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks in, you're already wondering, man, did I make the right decision? Am I going to find my people here? Is this somewhere where I can belong? And isn't it true, come on, there's nothing worse than not belonging. There's nothing worse than Feeling on the outside, looking in. There's nothing worse than feeling like you are surrounded by hundreds if not thousands of people every single day on campus, yet you've never felt more invisible. There's nothing worse than feeling alone. There's nothing worse than feeling like you just don't belong. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because it's how you feel right now in this very moment. You feel like you don't belong. And then if we could, just for a second, bring church and faith into the conversation. For some of you, you feel like, honestly, you could never belong in a place like this. In fact, you, you feel like you're a little bit surprised that you're even here right now. Maybe, to be honest, like you're not even sure how you got here. Like You were just you know, planning on going back to your dorm, and then you saw a whole bunch of people getting on the shuttles, and they're like, come on, man, and you're like, where's it going? And they're like, this, this, this church, like free free dinner, free Chick-fil-A, and you're like, cool, I'm getting on, and then you're here now, and you're like, bro, I don't know, where am I? Like, where, where are we? We're in Buckhead, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, you're, you're good. But honestly, some of you feel like you don't belong. In fact, if we could take it a step further, some of you feel like if you were to call home later on tonight, like on your way home, If you were to call and say, hey, like mom, dad, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, whoever it is, friend, if you were to call and be like, yo, guess what I did tonight? And they were like, what? And you were like, I went to this church, like I went to this thing called the living room, this college gathering, they'd be like, stop lying. First off, they'd be like, it's Monday, you weren't at church, you know? You'd be like, no, I promise, I promise. (laughs) They'd be like, no, no, what church meets on Mondays? But come on, maybe the reason you feel that way, if you feel that way, maybe it's because Christians Followers of Jesus have made you feel that way. Oh, just got real, I'm sorry. Maybe, just maybe, Christ followers have made you feel judged for a really long time, have made you feel as if you ever entered into a place like this that you just wouldn't belong, that you gotta go clean yourself up, you gotta go figure some things out before you could ever actually belong. Maybe you can attend once or twice, but you couldn't truly belong, right? and maybe there's some Jesus followers in the room, and maybe you've been following Jesus for quite some time, and you can tell all everyone else in your life all about the love of God and how he has an amazing plan for your life and he wants what's best for you, but yet you somehow believe that God's grace has run out for you. Maybe you've started to believe the lie that you're not allowed to struggle out loud, that you have to be perfect or at least give off the perception that you are. And so, If there are non-Christians who kinda feel this way and wondering, do I actually belong here? And if there are Christians, Christ followers, who feel this way, then the question I wanna ask you tonight is this question right here. Who belongs in the family of God? Who belongs in the family of God? And listen, this isn't a brand new question, like this did not just come to me you know, a couple of days ago. No, 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 this is a question that has been highly debated for a long, long time. In fact, if you look in the Bible, in the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible, everything from Jesus on, it's one on this question right here, who belongs in the family of God, is one of the most highly debated questions that you'll find, specifically by religious people. And leave it to Jesus to push the envelope just far enough to make the religious people feel very uncomfortable. And so we're gonna pick it up in the Gospel of Luke. Luke writes this in Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse one. He says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Keep these two words in mind. Jesus was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. So Zacchaeus was, A chief tax collector, he had his own category of bad. And here's why I say that, because tax collectors in this time were not good dudes. Like Their job was to go and yes, collect taxes from people, but beyond that, they had the backing of the government of Rome. So these people, these tax collectors were allowed to basically go up to someone, knock on their door, and be like, hey, here's what you owe the government for your taxes, but then they could lie and they could say, actually, here's what you really owe. And the people had to pay it. So essentially, these tax collectors would steal and lie to their very own people. And it says Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector. So like these people were hated, okay? Zacchaeus, it says, was wealthy, and he might have been wealthy, he might have had a lot of possessions, but he definitely didn't have a lot of people in his corner. People hated Zacchaeus. People like felt like Zacchaeus is, is definitely on the outside looking in. We don't wanna be near that dude. Life would be better if he just wasn't here. And here's what I wanna say, is that there are some of you sitting in the room right now or potentially watching online and you feel like maybe you are Zacchaeus. Or maybe you feel like you know a Zacchaeus. Maybe you're that person or you know that person who has the bad reputation. That person who feels secretly judged by others all the time as they walk by each other on campus. Like every time you walk by that person, you feel like, man, I'm just judging them and that person feels it. Maybe you are, you know that person who's looked down on by others all of the time, that person who feels like they have, they have no chance for change, they're completely hopeless, that person who feels hated, the person who's addicted, the person who just doesn't belong, the person who was, who's on the outside looking in, and honestly, they feel like it'd be better if it just stays that way. Maybe you are a Zacchaeus, or you know a Zacchaeus, but the story goes on, look what happens next. It says he wanted to see, speaking of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see Jesus. But because he was short, like Zacchaeus was a short man, because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. Everywhere that Jesus went, a crowd followed. And so there was, this was no different. There was a crowd around Jesus, and Zacchaeus wanted to see him, but he was short, so he knew this is gonna be a problem. So what does he do? It says Zacchaeus runs ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus because he had heard about Jesus. He had heard about his teachings. He had heard about his miracles. He had heard that this man is just built different. There was something so irresistible about Jesus that even the worst of the worst, even the people who felt like they did not belong, the people who were way on the outside looking in, they still wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to have an encounter with this man. They wanted to catch a glimpse. And so look what happens in verse five. It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. The religious people began to mutter. They began to talk under their breath to one another, saying, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And I don't think anyone could have seen this coming. Here's what's happening here. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but then look what happens. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus ran and climbed this tree because he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus, but then Jesus stops, looks up, up, and he sees Zacchaeus. And notice, Jesus doesn't just look. It doesn't say he just looked at Zacchaeus. No, it says that he sees Zacchaeus. And the difference between Looking and seeing is like the difference between hearing and listening. You know there's a difference, right? Like my wife's in the room tonight, and I'm sorry ahead of time, um, but I'm just gonna be honest. There are times when my wife is talking to me and like I'm home and I'm tired. You know, uh, men kinda have this ability just to zone out uh, or like we, you know, I'm watching a game, I'm on my phone, whatever, and my wife is talking to me and I am hearing her, but I'm not listening to her. She'll say things, and I'll be like, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, 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 for sure, totally, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, are you gonna go do it? And I'm like, do what? And she's like, did you not just listen? I was like, no, I I heard you. There's a difference between hearing and listening, and there's a difference between looking and seeing. To see someone is to intentionally engage with them. To see someone is to initiate a relationship with them. To see someone is to truly care about them. Ultimately, to see someone is to love them. And it says that Jesus sees Zacchaeus, and Jesus could have just looked. That was a totally perfect option. He could have just walked by and looked up and been like, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? Bro, he could have just given an awkward look and be like, why is that guy climbing a tree? He could have called him down and condemned him and been like, bro, I know who you are, I know what you've done, stop living that way. But he doesn't do that. Zacchaeus calls him down and he initiates a relationship with him and he invites him to spend time with him. He says, Zacchaeus, I wanna come and spend time with you. I wanna get to know you. I wanna engage in a relationship with you. Jesus sees all of Zacchaeus. He knew who Zacchaeus was. He knew the things Zacchaeus had done. He knew that this man was like the worst of the worst when it came to sinning. Jesus sees all of Zacchaeus, yet none of that kept him from engaging. And listen, Zacchaeus, he was blown away. He didn't see this coming. Like Zacchaeus was like, I can't believe that this man actually saw me. Like I thought maybe he'd look at me, but Zacchaeus was probably like, honestly, I was just trying to catch a glimpse. I was just trying to see like what, what fit Jesus was rocking. Like I don't know, I was just trying to just, just see him walk by really quick. But then he, he, he calls me down, and I can imagine Zacchaeus like playing it cool, being like, oh man, I was just up in the tree, like I was building a tree house, you know, for like my kids. I, I don't know if Zacchaeus had kids, but he's like, I was just, yeah, Jesus, I, I, I wasn't really doing much up there, you know, it's cool, yeah, I, I, you can come hang in my house. But then on the other side, the onlookers, the religious people, they were disgusted. They couldn't believe this was happening because they thought that people like Jesus did not build relationships with people like Zacchaeus. And people like Zacchaeus did not belong with people like Jesus, or so they thought. But then look how the story wraps up, check this out. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus says, hey, today salvation has come to the house, your house, Zacchaeus. Not because Zacchaeus had said, hey, I'm gonna you know, return everything that I've stolen. No, 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 that was just an outward symbol of what was going on inside in Zacchaeus' heart. And Jesus recognized, recognized this, and he said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your home. And then Zacchaeus, Jesus says, hey, my purpose here on this earth is to seek and save the lost. I came for the people like Zacchaeus. I didn't come for everyone who felt like they had it all together, I came for the people who knew that they didn't. What we learned from this story is that everyone belongs. And can I just tell you tonight, TLR, whoever you are in the room, Jesus sees you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. And he's not afraid. In fact, Jesus can only meet you right where you are. So if you think you have to get there or get here, no, no, Jesus can only meet you right where you are. And here at the living room, I just want you to know that you belong before you believe, or even if you never do. And if you can admit that you're broken, then you can be confident that you belong. Everyone belongs, why? Because the power of belonging finds its strength in the power of the gospel. You might ask, what does the gospel mean? The gospel simply means good news. The gospel says that you belong. So yes, we're all different. Yes, we're all carrying uh, unique things into the room, but you know what unifies all of us? is that we all are sinners, we've all messed up. And because of that, because of sin in our lives, we all have been separated from God. And so the only thing that gives us hope is the good news of Jesus, that he died on the cross for your sins, but he didn't stay dead, he rose victorious. So now if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, in this good news, that we can be saved of our sins. The power of belonging finds its strength in the power of the gospel. This is why we say everyone belongs. Jesus came to extend the invitation to all that you belong. And the second thing is this, no one is disqualified. Everyone belongs and no one is disqualified. See, Jesus was not interested in just gathering a crowd, but growing a family, and the same is true here at The Living Room. We're not so much concerned with just gathering a crowd. We wanna grow and build a family. We want this place to be a home away from home, why? Because you have a home, but throughout this season of your life, you're probably away from home. And so we want the living room here at Buckhead Church to be a home away from home for you, a place where you belong, a place where you can connect with other people in a similar season of life, a place where you can be the real you, a place where you can ask anything. We want the living room to be the safest place for you to talk about any questions that you might have. Jesus always seemed to be near to the people who felt far from him. The people who felt the furthest away from Jesus, it just seems like he was always pretty close to those people. And I think that's really good news because if you feel far from God, he's closer than you think. At the beginning of the story, I said, hey, pay attention to two words, and the two words were passing through. It said Jesus was passing through. But I actually think that Jesus wasn't just simply passing through. I think he was coming through with a purpose. Um, As I wrap up, I'll I'll share this closing story. My, My daughter, Willow, and I love to go to the grocery store together. And I love going to the grocery store because it kinda just clears my mind, you know? Like, I don't know why, just walking through the aisles or something, Good, like comforting about it, it's, it's a weird thing, but it's just the way it is. Willow loves going to the grocery store because um, she gets a free cookie every time, right? Like, let's just be honest, you know? Um, and so, every time we go to the grocery store, Willow has to be not just in a normal shopping cart, she's gotta be in that cart that you can like drive, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that's the one she has to be in. Y- y- y'all tracking with me? Some of you, okay? Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Grant, just bring it out really quick, bro. Um, yeah, 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 I-, I didn't know if I was gonna go for it, but I'm just gonna commit now, I'm committed. Um, some of y'all are like, Matt, where did you get this? Uh, my, man, uh, my man Glenn at Kroger down the street, he hooked me up today. I went by and I was like, hey, can I borrow this? And, and honestly, y'all, I kid you not, he goes, yeah, man, take it, and he gave me a fist bump. I was like, cool, bro, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, <laughs> these are the carts that Willow has to ride in. And when we get in this thing, y'all, she sits in it and immediately she's like, come on, we're going, we're going, we're going. Little does she know, you're not going anywhere, sweetheart. I'm pushing you, okay? It's kinda like how we feel in our lives. like We think we're going places and God's, that, we'll talk about this another night. That's a sermon for another night, you know what I'm saying? Um, we don't have time for that, we're already going long. But here's the deal. Willow, when she's in this thing, usually she's pretty calm because it takes her like the whole time to eat the cookie until we get to the checkout line. But as she's gotten older, this cookie has gotten smaller, so it seems, and she like eats this cookie in like two minutes. And so literally, we're at the grocery store like two months ago, I think it was the beginning of June, and we're pushing it around, we're going up and through the aisles, we're in aisle four, I'll never forget it, so we're just kinda getting started, I like to go aisle by aisle. And Willow is done with her cookie, so she's got this sugar rush, right, and she's driving, she's like going like this, and then out of nowhere, y'all, it's pretty crowded, like there's people in the store, I picked the worst possible time to go to the grocery store, Sunday evening as everyone's preparing for the week, and so we're standing up, or I'm, I'm pushing, and all of a sudden Willow starts standing up, and she starts shouting, coming through, coming through, we're coming through, and I'm not kidding you, y'all, I can't make this up, everyone starts backing away in the aisle, they're like, okay, and I'm just like, heck yeah we are, Willow, like y'all back up, you know? But here's what hit me in that moment. What hit me in that moment, that night, as I was checking out, I, I promise you this is true. I thought to myself, some way, somehow, I'm sharing that with the living room at fall kickoff. Because just like Zacchaeus thought that Jesus was just gonna be passing through, What he didn't know was that Jesus was actually coming through and Jesus was gonna look at him and see him and call him down and say, Zacchaeus, I'm going to initiate a relationship with you. I love you. And for some of you, you think that you're just passing through this season of life. But what you don't know is that Jesus is coming through. And when Jesus comes through, hope comes through. When Jesus comes through, peace comes through. When Jesus comes through, life comes through. And there's somebody in the room tonight that for so long you feel like you've just been passing through. And tonight, at some point, maybe right now in this very moment, you can just feel it. Jesus isn't just passing through, he's coming through. And he's looking you straight in the eye tonight. And you feel like you're up on whatever tree that you've been trying to climb up. And Jesus is looking at you and he's saying, hey, come down from that tree. Today I'm coming to your house. I want a relationship with you. So here's how we're gonna close. I'm gonna give someone an opportunity right now to initiate that relationship that Jesus is initiating with you. To come down and to say, Jesus, I wanna follow you. So if you would, bow your heads all across the room. With heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment, If tonight you wanna place your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. This prayer doesn't save you. This prayer just solidifies what God is doing in your heart right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. Say, I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight, I am choosing to place my faith and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. And I wanna follow you, Jesus, from this day forward, the best way that I know how, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you would, keep your heads bowed for just a moment longer. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time and put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight, Would you just shoot your hand up at me really quick with heads bowed so that I can see who you are? Would you just shoot your hand up? I see you in the back. I see you right here in the front. I see you over here. Yeah, I see you back there. You can put your hands down. You can pick your heads back up. Uh, Here's what I want you to know is that we say all the time that this is a family here at the living room. And one of the things that family does is family celebrates with one another and for one another when big things happen. And just a moment ago, Quite a few hands, one up, saying, I'm putting my faith and trust in Jesus. I'm coming down and I'm putting my trust in Jesus. I want a relationship with him. And so if you just made that decision tonight for the very first time in your life to put your faith and trust in Jesus, we would just be so honored to have a moment to celebrate with you, to go crazy for you. So here's what I'm asking. I'm just asking for about five seconds of courage. If you just raised your hand saying, I put my faith in Jesus tonight, Matt, for the very first time. Right now, would you just give us the the honor and privilege to celebrate with you? And would you just stand up right where you are? Would you just stand to your feet if you just made that decision? Yeah, 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 I see you. Yeah, 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 come on, come on, come on, yeah. Oh, come on, TLR. Come on, it's fall kickoff 2021, let's go. Come on, yeah. Yeah, it's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. For those of you who just stepped into relationship with Jesus, amazing. That's what we've been praying for. It's why we do this. So here's the, the deal. I'm gonna pray us out here in just a moment, and then I got a couple announcements before we go. But if you just made that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time tonight, we don't want you to keep it to yourself. We want you to tell some people if you wanna come tell someone on our team, we'll hang out up front here for just a minute, but we wanna help you take your next step because that's what it means to follow Jesus. Like, this is just the beginning. It's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life, but it's just the beginning of the rest of your life of following him step by step. So Heavenly Father, just thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the opportunity for us as a family to be back together in this space as one family. It's amazing. We love you God. We thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing and for what you're going to do in the days and weeks and months ahead. It's in your mighty name we pray Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to stay connected, follow us on Instagram at the living room ATL. Remember TLR fam, we love you. We're for you and we'll see you next time.